So, um, let me start that on the first update. Uh, in consequential, okay, it's consequential, but it's consequential. It depends. There's a, uh, last month was a pastor from India, Pastor Sadiq, he was telling me when his daughter was born, he was praying so hard, he was like, God, I want this girl to be born before 4 p.m. because 4 p.m. I have a meeting after God preach. <laughs> So the baby girl was born at 2 p.m. He was very happy and then went to preach at his meeting. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, fine. There are interesting people in this world. And then my daughter said, come on, woman, and then mother is tired. She needs to rest. It's true, you need to rest after 10, but it's a, a very a, a something process. I don't know. Very difficult process. But it's, it's a wonderful thing, it's a beautiful thing. And that's what I mean. That's the only word I would say about it for now. Mengine mtajone mkiwa mkondani. Either ka bibi yako anaza, ama wendi unaza, whichever. All the best when you get there. Men will not be horrified. You might say things that might scare you for life, but it's life. <laughs> If you pass through eight four four, you shouldn't be scared. <laughs> so uh, that is uh, number one. Number two, uh, this year uh, in November, December, November, uh, we, yes, we've been having discussions over the whole year uh, about hosting a worship camp. Same worship camp. So it's a three day worship camp in November. Tentative dates six to nine. Uh, the theme of the camp is twenty-five to fifty. Uh, uh, if you've seen, I've thrown in the poster somewhere inside the conversation. Uh, basically, uh, in numbers eight, uh, God, when He's speaking to the Levites, He's uh, to Moses. He's tell, He tells Moses to tell the Levites. Uh, Uh, the Levites shall end into the service of the Lord from the age of 25 up to the age of 50. And after that, they shall not be actively serving. In another earlier chapter in Numbers, it says uh, from 30 to 50. So, yeah, we decided to go with 25 to 50 because we believe that is the prime time for serving God. I think I've talked about it before. I don't know. Uh, it is the prime time for serving God. It was also the prime time of your life, so that's when God, that's when things happen, that's when you get married, that's when you are establishing your career, that's when you are becoming a family man or a family woman, that's when you are starting to think of getting kids and, you know, where am I going to settle in life and, you know, all those serious thoughts you didn't have when you were 18. <laughs> and part of those serious thoughts that escape us as people is, uh, how will I serve God for the next quarter century or for the rest, uh, next, uh, for the rest of my life? We think it's, uh, how do I say it? One of those, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's like a day you go to a supermarket and then on the end of the day when you're checking out, you're on a street or like, oh, by the way. I should get this, or my wife sent me a chocolate, so you know, it's sent there, so you're like, oh, by the way, 
Or she didn't send me, but I want to be in good books tonight. So, I think one. <laughs> so, so uh, wait, don't, don't think of me like that. Sometimes you think actively before getting into the supermarket and more getting it. I'm just saying, <laughs> sometimes there are by the ways that we do not think about. And a lot of, for a lot of Christians, serving God is a by the way. We never think actively, never have a vision of, okay, how will I serve God actively with my life? Because, uh, you know, when Christ says, you know, you give your whole self to me, it really, you know, I mean, literally the whole of me. My time, my energy, my money. As we like giving him our convenient time, our convenient money, our convenient energy, you know, the leftover of after we've done our 8 to 5 and all those things. So that the theme will be investigating in that camp. Why you should not just be a nominal Christian. You know, there are obligations. The, one of the first missionary, missionaries ever said, you know, he wrote a book called The Christian Obligation or something like that. Was it a book or a book? Something of, of the sort. And he called it The Christian Obligation. Because he was like, why are the guys obligated to go for missions, to preach to souls? So that time went. Uh, he divorced his first, first wife because of that. Because again, he was from England. He went to India. I think from England or Ireland, Irish, and, and uh, whichever. Uh, went there and then the wife was like, ah, this, this life is too hard. We're not in really England. Uh, so the girl was like, okay, sour. So I think he married a second one who now died there, and also he also died there because of Funajua. Those times, medicine wasn't advanced, so to be one of Mandela, it's over for you, you know, things like that. <laughs> yeah, so nowadays, mission work has become much easier for Christians, but we've become uh, much more... At least nowadays, you're not killed. Okay, in some parts of the world, you're killed if you go to minister. But at least, like, here, you're at least in Kenya, or most parts of Kenya, it's a risk-free business. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes we, we don't like thinking about such things. We don't think we have uh, obligations, and yet, uh, uh, Christ says, give your, yourself wholly to me. And then the same, you know, Paul writes to Timothy and says, give yourself wholly to these teachings. Part of the teachings is, you know, Christ says, take up your cross and follow me. If you do not take up your cross, you are not worthy of me. You know, there are, there are levels to being uh, a Christian, to being recognized by God. You know, when God was telling uh, Jesus, I have a, uh, I want to follow you, but you know, I have married a wife, so Jesus was like, you know, you are unworthy of me. <laughs> Somebody was like, I bought a new field, I have to go and see it. Jesus uh, was like, you are not worthy of following me, being my disciple. Uh, another one, what was it? A uh, new ox, yeah. I have to go and test out this new ox. Oxen, you come along like a country. For pictorial sake <laughs> in your head. For uh, killing the lands. So that one. <laughs> so, you know, those things. Uh, the wife represents, you know, our obligations to our family, 
absent to our work, our field to, you know, the things we are gathering up as our wealth. And then Jesus says, if you prioritize these things over me, uh, you're not worthy of being my disciple. Right? It's a shame if we go through life, retire at 55, no, at a retirement age in 55, 55 to 50, you see. <laughs> that 80 or something, then I did not know you. Because, you know, when you're on earth, you decided you do not need to know Jesus. You're just saved for convenience sake. Uh, which brings me now to today's topic. Uh, I'll go through it very quickly, I don't want to make it long. Because when I came in, it's, uh, it's just a small, uh, I think it's very direct. So, uh, I came across this book some time back. Very interesting book. For those who cannot see far. You don't know, eh, because of the lights, I guess. <laughs> uh, the book is called Losing, Suffering, Sacrificing, and Dying. <laughs> well, can you repeat those? Losing, Losing suffering, 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 Sacrificing, suffering, and Dying. On page one, the author writes, uh, a Christian has these four appointments in life. <laughs> it is not uh, four options. If it is, if you're a follower of God, you have four appointments in life. If you, if you're a follower of Christ, you are appointed at some time to lose. Uh, you are appointed at some time to suffer. <laughs> yeah, there's an appointment for sacrificing, and there's an appointment for dying. And actually, uh, you know, we like, uh, as Christians, we like things like, uh, let's say, dying, because, you know, sometimes dying is not in your hands. <laughs> but you don't like things like losing uh, or sacrificing, because, you know, sacrificing is from you. God cannot force you to sacrifice. can only tell you, I need you to sacrifice, but you yourself, you're the one who needs to figure out, uh, push yourself and figure, okay, I'm a Christian, I have an obligation, an appointment to sacrifice, I have an appointment to lose, uh, what am I losing for the sake of Christ? You know, and for the sake of Christ, when you're talking about the sake of Christ, now in the 21st century we are used to, for the sake of Christ to gain riches in Christ, oh, we are losing <laughs> to, for the sake of Christ to get uh, health in Christ, we are losing. We get the picture. I hope you get it, because that's that's the kind of losing we are, we are taught. We are taught, you know, you are losing for something, not losing for Christ. You know, we are so much as a karate, we are playing. Uh, what is it? Chess. Is it chess? It's not chess. But I put a betting. <laughs> that is the closest, you know. <laughs> I'm betting if I lose this, I'll gain this in Christ rather than I'll gain Christ. You know, those are two different things. Gaining something in Christ and gaining Christ. 
Uh, if I'm getting, uh, it's like, uh, let's say Christ is the owner of this house. Physically, to say, like, you know, it's a boy in heaven. That's called a Holy Spirit. Ever. So to say, man, if Christ is the owner of this house called Pepper, uh, maybe in my thoughts at me, there are two things. I can either give him 10k so that he can give me Pepper. <laughs> this one for paper to use, or I can give him 10k just because I love him and I want to know more about him. You get, you get the point. So nowadays the gospel we have is, I am losing 10k so that I can get this whole or something very nice about this place that belongs to Christ. While forgetting, because uh, we are in Christ, all riches that are in Christ are ours. <laughs> so we end up, because we do not have a revelation that everything that is in him is us, we end up playing a wedding. Spot Pesah. In the way Spot Pesah started sponsoring a ball. By the way, that was interesting. I found that interesting. How many people can bet until they make millions to sponsor, you know, a ball. And, uh, where was I? Oh yeah, betting in Christ. So we are not used to the concept of we just need to lose for the sake of being in Christ. Have you ever thought, uh, let me, you know, lose something, let me give this seed and let it die. <laughs> and then what comes out of the ground is not, uh, you know, 10k, a medium, or a new car, or a new job. But against a deeper knowledge of Christ. A deeper knowledge of Christ, a deeper revelation of Christ. Because you know, God saved us for the sake of relationship. It was, it, it was other things like power, nini, nini, all those things come, power, wealth, nini, influence, all those things come as a by the way. Uh, it's like, uh, they, let's say, I'm a lawyer. Uh, right? Yeah, I studied law, so it's, it's a practical example. By the fact that I say I am a lawyer, I'm already admitted into certain circles. <laughs> uh, people will automatically start listening to me. But as Christians, we do not realize because we have Christ in us, or Christ does in us, or we are in Christ. And because now we have that name of Christ in us, it already gives us access into certain spiritual uh, rooms and places. So what do we end up doing? Because we do not know the word. <laughs> we end up playing betting instead of losing for the sake of Christ. You know, how many things would you give up for Christ? I had a, a, a certain apostle say, you know, I'd give up ministry 20 times over for the sake of a relationship with Christ. I was like, okay, that is an interesting concept. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd give up working for God to know God. Because you know, a lot of times we, we work uh, as a replacement for relationship with God. It's like... Uh, you think you'll get, have a greater, a better relationship with your boss because you're working hard for him. 
that's what the world has taught us. Well, that's not what Christ has taught us. He has not taught us uh, in order to have a relationship with Him, we must love Him better. He must be in the worship team. He must be, you know, in a certain department in order for Christ to see. And I want to be in a deeper relationship with Him. You know, those are the things that the world has taught us. We are taught, you know, you have to work hard in order for your boss to notice you. And we come with the same mentality when you are coming to church. So everything we do is not born out of love, but how they say? They say born out of fear. That would be the right word. Born out of fear. So we are not used to a concept where we are losing out of love. We are just used to a concept of uh, we are losing to gain or we are losing out of fear or I'm losing so that uh, I don't lose something bigger. <laughs> so I'm losing this 10k so that I don't lose that prophetic uh, one of words I got last year, you know. Or something like that, you get me? So, losing is not an appointment for you to gain. <laughs> when the appointment for losing comes, it is not appointed for that you may gain. It is an appointment that you may gain Christ, that you may die to yourself. It is a death to self, not a resurrection to another person. <laughs> you get me? It is not a resurrection to, oh, I want uh, to be this now new influential person. That's not what losing out is about. I've driven my point home. Yeah. Uh, thank you, at least. Point two, suffering. <laughs> I, I was looking at this thing, I was like, uh, okay, uh, why God wants you to suffer? You know, the first time a bishop preached that message, I recall it, 2014 or And the prophetic purpose of suffering, I was like, God, there's a prophetic purpose of suffering. You know, <laughs> like you went, not that God is a sadist, but it seems in your, in your word you've, or in your timeline for many you've appointed for Christians, not unbelievers, for Christians to suffer for your sake. <laughs> Have you heard me? Uh, it is appointed for you to suffer. Nasi le suffering unajiletea ati now uh, you know, you can do so now you are being persecuted. No, you know, you are not really suffering uh, when it's suffering for them because at the base of it, you're a Christian, <laughs> you're a follower of Christ. That's the kind of suffering Christ is talking about. No, it's like when Christ went to the cross, he didn't suffer journey to Kanawatu. <laughs> He suffered for preaching the gospel. And he suffered, that's why he suffered. And not because, uh, uh, you know, it was a confrontation between men. No. In fact, a lot of, during the whole trial, they, you know, when they failed to find this guy guilty, he was like, I, I cannot find this guilty, the guy guilty, let me wash my hands. And so long as, let me not say so long as, there's an appointed time for you to suffer. <laughs> if you are serious in God, 
There's an appointed time. Do not think you can escape it. If you want to become the person God has ordained you to be. Then you'll have to lose something in that suffering. Whether a lot of times we fear suffering because we are losing relationships, we are losing a lot of times because we are losing relationships, right? Uh, I'd rather do, I think that's the biggest thing about human beings. We are more afraid of losing relationships than we are afraid of losing anything else. So no, I'd rather appeal so that I maintain this relationship for this angle. But how many things are we able to uh, endure suffering for the sake of gaining Christ? You know, <laughs> Uh, in this book the author says uh, Christ did not lower the bar for anyone so I'm thinking if that guy uh, if those guys who went to preach in uh, in Africa you know and the missionaries and they were you know, before the colonialists set in and killed them you know they came here you only call like for them it was obvious if I go I won't come back I am going to suffer there's a guy who was going to Chile to preach you know, uh, back in the day and uh, and those sites Pulkwana. Was it Chile or uh, some country in South America? And those guys over there are cannibals. So when the pilot or ship on it, pilot or ship on it, captain. <laughs> so when the captain realized, oh, we are going to a place of cannibals. He wanted to turn the ship back then, the missionary was like, no, we, we already died the minute we left there. <laughs> the minute we left home, we already died. So, what depths of suffering are you going to pursue in Christ? Not pursue, admit yourself to go through. Because none of us, honestly, as human beings, like to go through suffering. But sometimes we have to make that choice. Because uh, there's a choice between being a believer and a nominal believer. Nominal to nile, yani, unajute njia mbinguni kwa unanukamoshi ju. When your works are being tested, they all burnt up. <laughs> and for some that we think we are no, your nominal, you won't even make it. So why, you know, one thing inter- interesting thing about Christians is, why are you being saved for not the whole way? You are being saved quarter of the way. And then the rest you leave it to God. You are like, I'm, uh, I'm just saved just enough. Uh, who told you that just enough is enough to get into heaven? Have you ever thought about it? Who told you that just enough is enough? I was reading the story of a certain pastor. He died in, he was in surgery in coma so... I think he died in surgery then, the angels came and took him, akapelekwa mbinguni. Then, alipelekwa tuwa, then akafikisha kwa kese ya mbinguni, akambia, you're not going inside. He's like, I have to go inside. Say, he tells the angel, call Jesus, you tell him, say. You tell him, Google, I want to see the manager. So, manager Jesus, MD. <laughs> MD, Jesus Christ comes. To the gates and like, so what do you want? I want to enter into heaven. Why? I have served you faithfully, blah, blah, blah. The guy is like, Jesus is like, no, you cannot enter. You served me because you had everything else. You served me because you had uh, your family going on, your career going on. So, you know, you chose to serve me because that was the best way. 
you could appeal their conscience. You know, a whole must have been told that that was the best way you could appeal their conscience. So he chose to some years a path that appeal their conscience. Not because you're convicted of it. And how many, I was thinking, how many of us Christians uh, serve God could go up in their conscience? You know, uh, my career is going well, my family life is going well, my social life is going well. So now, because God has made sure these things are going well, let me appease my conscience by serving. Right? I'm sure at some point, uh, most of us, not all of us, have thought like that. And it's okay, let me return back to the story. The guy was like, if I let you die now, you cannot enter into heaven. I was like, wow. So the guy, <laughs> and then he was saying, when Jesus was speaking, he was speaking with so much anger, the guy couldn't reply. Yes, Jesus also gets angry, yeah. God is also God of anger. The guy couldn't reply, so he had just to go back to his body. <laughs> so it's like, before he went back to the angels, take me back to the manager. So Mr. Manager knocks on the gate, Mr. Manager comes. Mr. Manager now speaks to him in love for the same message and tells him he can't, he can't still enter into, heaven, enter into heaven. So the guy went back to his body, surgery completed, and you know, he finished. He went back and, you know, revised everything about what it meant to serve God. That you're not serving him out of convenience because everything else has worked. Uh, or for most of us, it's, I will serve God once I get married. Or rather, to the age of getting married. Or no, when now I'm set properly in my family, I can start serving God. That's an attitude of somebody who does not realize what serving God means. You get me? Uh, so yeah, that is... Oh my goodness, my time is up and I'm not even done. <laughs> it's, serving God is not convenient. The being a disciple has never been convenient. I can't really imagine that the last one, the last one. Sacrificing. I will say this. Sacrifice is the only way power is released. Um, in second or first kings, uh, the Israelites were pursuing a certain, I think it was a Moabite king or somebody. And they were winning the war. And they were beating this guy badly in battle. So the guy went and took his firstborn son and sacrificed him on the wall. And the Bible says there was a great indignation against Israel. And so, you know, because power was released because of that great sacrifice. I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> it was released against the whole army, so they went back home. They couldn't continue the battle. They went back home and the king was saved. That is the most immediate verse that comes to me when I think of sacrificing releasing power. Apart from, you know, sacrificing a lot of things for the sake of Christ, one of the most important things, if you do not want to sacrifice for anything else, if you want to walk in purpose, once you become a Christian, you've left the way of the world. The systems of the world will never be convenient to a Christian. You, you can imagine Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh is the role of themselves, quote-unquote, uh, how hard Pharaoh makes it for us to 
even attend a meeting like this. This is a convenient Friday out of all the Fridays the boss decides to extend your cousin in Nini. Because nothing is supposed to work in favor for you when you're serving God and you're in the world as a Christian. And sometimes you only need to fight that battle is power. Uh, you know, uh, the devil is interested in, in inflicting uh, Christians with diseases and Nini. And we think our tears to God is what will <laughs> release healing. Well, healing is already inside us because Christ is inside us. But it hasn't been released because we haven't released the power to activate that. We haven't released the power to, to be able to command our environment and our situations because we haven't learned the art of sacrifice. Of all these losing things, I think sacrificing is, I think, should be the happiest message of them all because. It shows you a way out, out of this inconvenient life as a Christian, right? So, and the last one, but that is just what I will say about sacrificing today. The last one is dying. Of course, we all know death to sin. <laughs> all this losing, suffering, sacrificing are all a part of dying. Because at the end of the day, when I die, uh, my reputation doesn't matter to me. What I did in the past doesn't matter, even though people bring it up, you're like, yeah, I don't know that, I know that guy is in some casket somewhere, he's in some coffin somewhere. Right? Because you're dead to what people, no, then is you're dead to every other opinion apart from Christ's opinion. That's how I can summarize death. You're dead to every other opinion except Christ's opinion. And so long as you're not dead to every other opinion, uh, you, you'll, be able, you'll be unable to live uh, the joy life that Christ has ordained for you. Because uh, the minute you're thinking, uh, is it right? You know, I'm supposed to give up this because of Christ, but is it right? It's really... A normal human being would have to do that, you know. That's already, you're still alive to that opinion. You're still alive to a lot of opinions about a lot of things that are very inconveniencing to the Christian faith. The Christian faith is very inconveniencing because every other opinion, you know, gives a very logical answer why should they do it. Like, why should they be saved? Why should we go to church every Sunday? It's not a must. Why should you serve in church? Well, you Christians are just being robbed by your pastors by giving your tithes and offerings. You know, you know, you're like, eh, my, eh, my pastor is not living in a big house, not living in a small house. Why am I giving him my tithes and offerings? Then people will come up with such, such a logical argument. And you're like, you know, those opinions even inform you inform what you put in the offering basket on Sunday. <laughs> Rather than being informed by Christ, uh, you're not informed by, you know, what Christ said, you know, when the widow gave the two copper coins, you know, she gave the most, because she gave everything. We are not informed by that opinion of Christ. We are informed by, you know, like, the way the rich men that they gave, what gonna give a lot, but to Christ they really didn't give anything. 
because they are informed by the opinions of men. You know, I'm rich, so I must give something that equates to me, not that equates to Christ, uh, my life in Christ. So, uh, those are the four appointments. If you think you'll escape them, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> uh, you have to lose. You know, the crisis is if you do not meet your father, mother, wife, sister, <laughs> then you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not hate, imagine hating your wife or your husband. It's, that's a very, it's a very foreign concept in this world. And, and age, you know, because, you know, you are taught to marry them first, but you know, the, again, as I was told, uh, the most important ones in the Bible are the ones of Christ, and that's why they died. So you look, <laughs> and you're like, uh, so when it comes to between Christ and my wife, a lot of times, as, let me say, as the Jehovah <laughs> but let us say, as, you know, at a point in life, as a man, that's, that's uh, that moment can come, and it's a very testing moment, a very trying moment. And uh, you know, a lot of things have. I think a lot that has, has defined a lot of ministry for a lot of ministers. Uh, when you, uh, you know, when God puts your family on the line, I'm like, wow, okay, fine. When God puts your wife or husband on the line, you know, where it's a chance between him and God, you're like. For a lot of us, you are not prepared for that. <laughs> you are not prepared for such an eventuality because you know, it's something we do not want to think about. But you know, if you are not ready to lose your best or what you consider the most praying in your life, are you ready to be considered a disciple of Christ? No. Bible wisdom uh, count the costs. Yes, Jesus says, count the cost of following me. Uh, who, before building a house, does not count the cost of building the house? Uh, if you are saying you are going to follow Christ, you have to count the cost every day. Uh, following Christ, what does it mean I'm losing? You put your best at the top. Does it mean if I have to lose this for the sake of Christ, can I lose it? If I have to lose... No... I think it's easier to lose money than to lose a relationship because you're like, ah, there are days I didn't have money and I survived. <laughs> there are those days, but if you're like uh, losing a relationship as close as you know your spouse, you know, that's another whole question, you know, like, I lose my wife, your process after, let's say, quote unquote, uh, I start thinking, okay, so, uh, I think me now, I have to start. Again, from scratch, cook at your day, mini me. It's such a horrifying thing to think about. <laughs> it's such a horrible thing to think about. Or I'll say for the rest of my life as a celebrity, I'm like, can I, is, uh, can I, can I really do this uh, for the sake of Christ? And you're like, I. Uh, you know, the, the answer is up to you. It's not up to Christ, it's up to you. If you cannot lose, if you cannot suffer, if you cannot sacrifice, if you cannot die, you are not, in the words of Jesus, you are not worthy of being called my disciple. Amen?